Welcome to another episode of Three Men in a War Game. I am your host, Kevin. Uh, here with uh, both the guys after a while uh, hiatus. Paul. Uh, I, I'm, I'm Paul, and that was the most sultry introduction I think we've ever had on the show. <laughs> it, is, it is Potter, and that was very smooth. Yeah, it was like a smooth jazz radio introduction. Yeah, I'm on that. Uh, that smooth. That's what, that's what I was going for. It's going for that like late night uh, radio <laughs> DJ voice. It it was it was somewhat reminiscent of sweaty balls. Oh no, that's not what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it has been a while. Um, so apologies, listeners, that it has been so long. I know we were trying to be more consistent, and we are still always. That's the goal, trying to be more consistent. But lives got a little upended. Um, had some health issues across, I think across all three of us. Uh, yeah. And also some canine uh, health issues on my side that kept me in, in, a, in a place where i couldn't really record for a few weeks so um yeah it's just been it's been a lot so just thanks for bearing with us and uh sorry it's been so long between episodes i think we probably owe you guys a 40k review which this is not <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, true that's true I, I i did think about that this morning that we do need to talk about that yeah we'll we'll do that um and we have gen con coming up this weekend um so there i'm sure there will be fun stuff to talk about at gen con Oh yeah, um, yeah. There's some. There's definitely some things I have my eye on, um, but I just want to watch and see how they develop before we we talk it, about any of it. Is it really Gen Con time already? It I, is. I, it yeah, is it's, August. I feel like it's like it's 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 literally Thursday. Like it's, <laughs> it, it, it like it's uh, August is or no, next next week. Next yeah, week. Yeah, it's next week because like August is yeah. what Tuesday. Yeah, a week from tomorrow. Yeah. A yeah. week from tomorrow. I, I swear to God, when you started saying next week is, I thought you were going to say Adepticon. No, no like no, I'm, no. I'm that, I'm that like fucked up in in my perception yeah, of like, the universe right now. You have oh, your time perception. That was that was that was half a year ago, Paul. God damn. Yeah. No. No. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 been a long week. Mm, that was when they were week. demoing Shatterpoint. That game is out oh, now. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. I remember that. That's, I remember that. That's what I'm looking forward to next week. Chatterpoint? Chatterpoint. But let's do right, some, anyway, uh, let's, yeah, let's let's do some let's get on progress. topic. Yeah, get on topic. So, Potter, what have you been up to? I know you, I know we've seen some pictures. What have you been doing? What are you working on? I, I think um, since the last time we talked, I have uh, since sold my Old Dominion Conquest army. I have bought a city-states army, and so that's what I have been working on. I have been been working on city-states. Uh, I've got half a unit with paint on it. Um, and I mean, I've, and I've got a I've got two thousand points, so I got a decent amount of models. So I built some Gamma, built some Thorkites, painted some Hoplites, uh, put some uh, put some paint on some Moo cows. So I'm moving her on a good clip. How are you uh, enjoying? Well, we'll talk about that. In a yeah, minute. we'll talk about that. Uh, Paul, what have you been up to? Uh, you know, I I finally, finally finished after, I'm pretty sure it's almost a year, but I finally finished my Master Grade um, OO Riser because mm-hmm. um, there was much adversity in the build of, of that. Uh, but it's finally done on display, and it looks freaking amazing. 
So that means that my RG scale of that was built and now my MG scale of that is built. And now it is time to go on to the next step and get the full on comparison. Time to get that perfect grade building. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's time. It's time. I, I got, I bought my new, my new nippers. So this way I have a nice fresh pair of nippers to use. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm glad about that. I also, um, I've also finally got to the point with my slow build of getting into it, but I, I finally got to uh, 2,000 points worth of Conquest stuff, mostly painted. Um, I, I, to get to the 2K, I did, I did violate a little bit of my rule of no more than two boxes worth of stuff uh, unpainted. It was worth um, it. As long as you get back to it, doesn't matter. It, Yes. And, and in all honesty, it made me want to get back to it more. It's just, you know, like crazy weeks, crazy yeah. week, crazy yeah. week. But yeah, so the motivation, is, the motivation is back, you know, finishing, finishing the uh, Gundam, I feel like really freed up uh, a lot of hobby brain space because I, I felt like it was weighing on me a little bit because it just kept staring at me um, un, unfinished. So Sure. Yeah. For me, I, I finally had my miniatures fire lit underneath me and I haven't actually I haven't talked to you guys about this at all. Um, but I've been like really getting back into Bushido. I haven't actually played a game, but I've gone back through the rules and like acquainted myself with them to the point where I'm actually comfortable talking about the game again. Uh, and I've, I have already have my void army or war band. It's like a War, like a warband box plus anything else that's out. I have it all set to go. So my Kinshi Temple is 100% painted, the whole faction. And wow. then and then I've been working on my Minimoto, um, which is like the, the tankiest faction in the game, which I don't normally play the tanky factions, but I really love the look of them, um, like aesthetically. Rule of the, cool. The rules are cool. The yeah, rules are really good. I think that's and the what, faction I wanted to go with. They're like the the bear. I mean, I, they literally have a bear model. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got it. I'm actually that's actually a model that's on my desk right now to paint. Is the the bear? Um, yeah, if I were to play Bushido, that's what I would play. Yeah, a couple Ashigaru too. Um, so really been diving back into Bushido in a really meaningful way, like in a way that like I haven't my brain hasn't given a miniatures game in a long time, um, and I'm hoping to get a game scheduled because we do actually have a pretty active local crew um and uh valhalla fully supports i think they carry most of the line so it won't be hard to like get people into the game um especially if i'm out here in these streets again talking about a miniatures game someone will (laughs) come someone will will pick up the hype and they'll yeah 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 uh i've also been working on a space marine um for a little project that's been pretty cool um painting it very bright vibrant awesome colors um i'm looking forward to seeing that yep so far it's got uh it's i've i've been doing a i did a really interesting undercoating um and then using inks as the the primary layer and i'm really liking the way that it looks um so yeah so that's then i'll get you guys pictures of that pretty quick here um so yeah, Space Marine and then my, my Bushido stuff. And then also, you know, my, just my normal fab bullshit. I went to a big, huge motherfucking massive tournament on, uh, the last weekend and I've got another one coming up in October. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that's all, that's still rocking. And then 
you know, in the in the card game world, we've got the Disney Lorcana game coming out in uh, T minus less than a month now. Um, and my my daughter's super excited for it. It comes out the same day that we're leaving on vacation, but we're like leaving on vacation. We're our flight is like five in the evening, right? And so mm-hmm. I'll have time to go pick up all the stuff, and then like to take and pack some stuff. And so we'll be able to. We'll probably be some of the first people playing Lorcana on a Disney cruise ship, and that's really exciting. Yeah, I will. I plan on looking at that when I because I think you and I will be on vacation at the same time because I leave the seventeenth to start yeah. heading out to California because I'll be going to Disneyland. Mm, that's the day before, yeah. yeah. And so the eighteenth is the first day they'll have it in the parks. Yeah, so like I'll uh, definitely, I'll definitely look for some when I'm in downtown Disney because I I arrive in California on the nineteenth. Boy, I gotta, I gotta tell you, the hype is out of control so i don't know how much is going to be left on the 19th but hopefully yeah. they'll hopefully they'll wave it so oh, that, like they've no, got I, some my flight lands on the 18th actually so i will be at the disneyland hotel on the 18th right there, there in downtown disney so i'll definitely take a look for some there you go all right so that's that's hobby progress um very cool i'm glad that we're all still getting stuff done and y- you two have actually been playing a lot of conquest and so that's what we're going to talk about, right? Because um, we haven't gone back and talked about it since that first episode. And I want to approach this one as sort of a couch session just to uh, – and I want to like ask you guys questions. And hopefully those questions will lead to some more meaningful discussion. This is more – this is going to be more of an off-the-cuff without a script set style of episode. So strap in for some uh, some fun threads here, guys. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's that's three, that's three. the best way we do it. That was like three guys with ADHD see. going with no script. Oh, uh, this no. can't. You guys think so, but I always have a script that keeps us on target, <laughs> and I I'm, fe- I'm feeling a little bit rudderless at the moment. But, uh, that that's why that's why I'm trying to keep my cool, calm, easy radio voice. <laughs> uh, so. The first question that I have, and perhaps the most important question, is what keeps you coming back to Conquest? Because anybody who's been a longtime listener of this show understands that we jump many game systems like every other month. And I can't actually say that right now because you two have been playing Conquest for the almost a year at this point, right? Not uh, not yeah. a full year. Yeah, we've been talking uh, about it definitely for a we, year. For models models first uh, uh, entered into my home just before Christmas, and I think it was probably all right. So even January my, by the time we started playing. Right, so but yeah, my, so I mean, either way, it's been on our too, brain. It's been six months, right? And and it's not yeah. as if you guys are moving on to other games. I feel like you're only digging into conquest harder. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm actually in the pro I've actually been in the process of reducing the amount of minis games in it. Um, you know, we, we've talked about in the past of like the feeling of we're, you know, we're okay with parting with games because it's, we're, we're done with those games in our lives at this point. And so yeah. that's where I've been. And the fact that like, so like I, I said, like I, I've already bought into one faction realized sold it, it was sold it because it, yeah. it wasn't for me i tried something new um i'm not an undead player i i figured this out that no matter how cool the theme of the undead army i am not cool with multiple small unit kind of factions i need i need small i need big units and you know a small 
small unit numbers, but big sizes of those units in which city states is giving me that of, you know, bricks of like seven, uh, seven stands, which are, which are cool. Um, so yeah, I mean like it, what keeps me coming back? I mean, I don't, it's, I don't know where to put that at. Like it's, I'm, I'm enjoying the aspects of like playing a large scale game again. And I think that that brings it back, and it's like it, it does give me kind of some nostalgia of playing from when I was younger, uh, you know, the GW games back when I played before of Mass Battle, but with so much more less overhead in the feeling of like I got to keep up, you know, I can take. I feel like where I've got right now, I don't have to buy the new stuff. Like I can keep going with the small stuff. So that that or not the small stuff, the stuff I already own. Like it feels nice about that. Um, they've done a great job with the lore, the, the models fit in. Uh, I've done research on all the two new units that have come out. They're all actual Greek units that existed in history. So like as a history buff, that speaks to me and it helps me keep coming back and falling in love with the city states even more. All right. What about you, well, Paul? Uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's straight up the gameplay. Um, I feel like there's so much uniqueness to everything in the game like right from right from how models look and how the different factions are very distinct um the fact that every faction has very unique faction rules and identity um, that's really built in yeah and you really have to you have to you have to lean into what your faction does well right mm-hmm. it's like my 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 old grumble about war machine right that you could just pick up a mark and patch the hole in your faction so you never had to like learn learn how to to you know not only use your strengths but to uh, protect yourself from yeah exactly Mm. um you know whereas this game uh you have to learn how to do that like you have like like for the people you know for the wadroon that i'm playing um yeah, we're fast and we might hit hard, but uh, most of our units are are, are they're paper done. bags. Like, if you hit them. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, and even just looking at it from an additional point, the majority of my army is medium units. Um, you know, so we don't have a whole lot of the the heavy stuff, mostly just monsters, uh, which has its advantages and and disadvantages. But that might be something we get into along the way. So what I want to say, what what, what I, like as a person, like a layman, right? I haven't played the game at all. What what does that mean mechanically when you say that? Like, I I, I mean, I understand as a miniatures gamer, right? You like you're basically talking about the different axes, like axes of of like factions, right? But how do those manifest? Like what you talked about, like special rules being the identity. And so you're playing a faction that is effectively a glass cannon, right? That's what we're, we're talking about a glass cannon faction. Um, and, and if that's not true, correct me, right? Cause that's what it well, sounds it, like. It, Fragile it, hard hitters. Yes. But the thing, the thing is Kevin really with, with the Wadroon, um, yeah, glass cannon, but they're also trying to maximize speed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so they're so a, as far as it being a rank and flank game, you're you're really trying to um, be able to push those angles and figure out how best to get into flanks. Um, I, I, I or recognize readers. this. I recognize this. So my my faction in Kings of War 
uh, is mm -hmm. similar where we don't really have models that can stand up to a lot of hits, but what we do have are very scary units to engage on the front with and very fast units that can yeah. get into the flanks. Yeah. So, so like, uh, you know, pour, I'll go into the whole, like pouring into the faction identity. I think cities, I think they've done a great job with city states. Um, because so the two FUD FUD units, your basic infantry, uh, hoplites and phalangites, uh, both of those have phalanx special rules. Uh, again, pouring straight into that Greek, uh, you know, fighting style within the phalanx that, that the Greeks are famous for. So boom, you've already got special rules. That way it increases their defense. It makes them slower because they're staying in that shield wall formation, that phalanx formation. Um, so like for me, someone playing against Paul, who is a very fast army, if, um, you know, I have to play in a, in a way that where I'm starting to realize I've got to be more uh, protective of my flanks and, and positioning my units in a way that he can't flank me. Or, or if he does, he's flanking a unit that I don't care that he gets rid of. And that way I'm supporting the, the heavier units that I need to take things out. Because I am such a slow army going against someone that is faster. So again, pouring into that Greek identity of the phalanx and building those special rules in there. Um, we also have another special rule where Greeks are great strategizers. They're known throughout history at, like that. They, they, they conquered a lot of the, 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 that, the Aegean Sea and the Mediterranean and all that because of their strategy. And with that comes that we get a, what's called a strategic deck. So if I draw something that I built my deck and I'm like, you know what? I really don't want this unit to go. And uh, if I play it out of my strategic command deck, I can actually buff them with other special rules because I've got war gear on commanders and things like that. Say, Hey, things drawn from this deck get X, Y, Z. So now I'm becoming more strategic. I can double. So it allows me to double play units. Uh, back so to that, back. that deck, that deck is unique to your faction. Correct. No one else has that in that. That is a unique city states faction. Uh, rule. Uh, and that, you pay points for it? Nope. I just get it because I play city states. Now, what I don't, what does is that if I pull, when I pull the card out of my command deck and I put it into that strategic deck, I can only do it once per turn. So if I mess up and pick the wrong unit, I can screw myself. Or if that unit gets wiped out before I get to draw them, then I don't get to play them. The, and then also my, after I pull that card and I put it in my strategic, uh, strategic deck, my opponent gets to go, I don't get a turn. So basically, I'm sacrificing a turn early to get a turn, a double turn later. Cool. Um, where, where, like, if I get things line, more lined up, I get certain units on the field coming in through reserves and things like that. Neat. So that's cool. And and to build on that a little bit, Kevin, I think since since Chris and I, are, you know, we're playing two very different factions. I mean, and, I would say the opposite completely. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But to give you an idea of how distinct these uh, faction identities are for for mine, um, you know, we don't have anything like what what Chris is talking about. Um, but for my faction, if you were to just look at them, like if you knew the stats of the game, you would look at my faction and go. They're not good. There's like no special rules on your guys. There's very few of them. Sure, you have these big giant dinosaurs, and those have a lot of special rules to help amp, you know, that amps them up, but everybody else doesn't really look that way. Heck, some of them, you're paying, you know, 230 points, which is a lot for units that have one special rule. I have a feeling um, you're going to tell me there are special rules that you can apply during the game so, that aren't on the unit cards. <laughs> 
You are 100% correct. So okay, with, okay. With, the, with the Wadroon, they're orcs riding dinosaurs, right? Yep, yep. So they they have kind of adapted the whole idea of uh, oh, the WOG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being like once a game kind of like superpower, um, these guys are, are singing chants as they're going across the battlefield. Got it. Right. And as they're as they're singing their chants, they're getting more amped up and they hit a point at which they are so amped uh, that they are far more formidable than they look on paper. Um, And so you you reach a point. So each each as each unit activates, you get um, a chant marker. And when you hit two markers the unit that's activating can then choose to sing a song and get like the first tier of the abilities. You can then wait until your next unit goes. And then if you have you, once you have three, you have to chant. Got it. Right. So then at that point, then you get to pick from tier two and which is, you know, a, a higher level. Um, so, for instance, if you um, uh, the death cult, because there's because the thing is to um, I was trying to not get ahead of myself, but there's there's actually three different cults that you can choose from and you can mix and match. And each cult gives you different abilities. Each one has a different focus. Um, so you have um, the cult of war, which is very defensive. It increases your defensive abilities and. Um, you have um, the cult of death, which is just straightforward um, punch you in the face bonuses. Um, you have famine. Um, famine is very much like maneuverability. So it's like, oh, your raptor riders have an eight inch move. Well, guess what? Now they're move 11. Okay. Um, and then there's a super secret fourth cult <laughs> called the cult of, cult of conquest. And essentially, essentially, it's like a wild card, right? In order to play that, um, you you have to either play like um, chance from multiple cults. So, like, you, if you have a death and a famine, you could choose to use conquest tier one instead of the others. Um, and that one just kind of that again really leans into the idea that this army is um, fast, right? So, because it's it's giving you even more bonuses to your speed. It's kind of like the the greatest hits of of the other ones. Um, and let me tell you, when you get these guys spun up, if you hit the chant at the right time on the unit that you need them to, it can be one hundred percent devastating all right but it also it sounds like so but what bolt what you guys are both describing to me and i think this makes sense for why you both like this game so much is that the thing that separates conquest from maybe other uh big rank and flank games is that they every faction has something that dials up player agency because it, yes. it, it sounds like both of you have a mechanic that if you execute it right is 
just mm-hmm. ridiculous, but also yep. you can flub it pretty bad. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Like if 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 I because because and, and we've talked about it before, right? With with the way Conquest works, you're making your deck, mm-hmm. right? For me, I have to plan my deck so this way I can maximize my songs. Now, if I'm playing against Chris and I know exactly what unit I'm going to have my third chant on and I'm just going to get all of my bonuses and he kills something, not even necessarily that unit. He could kill something completely unrelated to that. Now it throws off my whole deck. And I have done that to him before. And so now now what I'm doing is now now in my brain, I'm going fuck, how do I, how do I compensate for this? Do I, do I throw off a chant when it's least optimal to get back on track? Do I just go and hope for the best? So it, 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 it really gives you that, that very quick, uh, potential to, uh, have to adapt on the fly. But if you can stop somebody from messing with your stack and you control the tempo, the Wadroon are just, no pun intended, they just sing. Ha! That's awesome. And so, does every faction have a a, a, a kind of gimmick like that? Yeah. Or is there like a, yes. a like Johnny Everyman faction yeah. too no. that doesn't? Yeah, so like Old Dominion. No, everybody does. Yeah, Old Dominion, they had, uh, so Old Dominion has their, uh, as the army dies, uh, the army gets more powerful. They have, they have abilities that are called memories of old. So basically there's old skeletons remembering how to fight in combat back when they were alive. And they, uh, you have to use actions. So every unit gets two actions. So basically in the beginning of the game, one of those actions, if you wanted to do a memory old would take an action point and then you could either move, um, attack, you know, reform, etc. Um, then as you, as models die in your army, you're empowering yourself up more and so those memories of old become draw events, which means when you draw the command card for that unit, their memory of old automatically activates if you choose to. So draw events, you can choose it to do it or not. So, uh, you get a choice. Uh, so that right there, now you're not having to spend an action on it. And then as you further get empowered, uh, you could do more. You could take, uh, I think you could, like you could take uh, your draw events like twice or something like that. Uh, I can't remember it off, of, off the top of my head. Plus, also because you're dead... None of your army takes morale checks, which are called resolve checks in Conquest. So they don't care. So, which is a big part, just like in uh, Song of Ice and Fire, morale checks and res- or resolve checks are a huge aspect of the game because you'll lose models if you know you you don't pass these morale checks. And the the Old Dominion doesn't care. They say f you. I don't care. I'm an undead horde of you know skeletons, zombies. We don't give a shit. Which again, on par for a fluff. Um, which is fantastic. So they've, they've got that. Dwarves are really good at magic. They, you can choose, depending on who your general is, you can get one of two different abilities. Uh, if you take the like more melee-oriented, th- uh, the, the, these, uh, what the heck is he called? The, the Holdreich. The Holdreich? The Holdreich. Yeah. <laughs> got to have that sky <laughs> in it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like for him, uh, you can, so there are reinforcement lines as you go forward as your army goes up the field. You can bring your units off from the the back end of your furthest model on the flanks, uh, so that we maybe you can get up up the field a little bit faster. Normally, if your opponent is beyond, if your if my units 
all the way up on, into his deployment zone, but he's got a unit near me, to more towards my deployment zone. We can't do it because you go the the units interfere. That whole rig says we don't care. We're we're coming off this flank regardless because we're dwarves and we're tactical. We're doing it. Um, so and they're good at magic and they've got a bunch of other things that they can take too. So yeah, every every faction has its shtick. It's got its own special rules that are unique to its faction. Well, and and to I mean to give you just kind of the rundown on uh, just quickly on some of them, right? Like the Nords, they are truly your glass cannon faction. Right. They are. We have to get the Alpha Strike, um, you know, and and everyone like they're they're They have a ton of light units. Um, and for them, uh, any any unit that has taken a wound, a wound. They all get plus one to their attack stat. Oh, all right. Yeah. And if they have lost half. Uh, oh my gosh, I forget what they get. Yeah, we, haven't, mm, we haven't played a lot of Nords. I can't remember often. I feel, I I, I want to say it's Flurry, where, which they get re-rolls, but I, I'm not 100% sure. Now I gotta, now I gotta look that up. Um, but then, then with, uh, the other faction called Spires, they're kind of your alien elf weirdness. Yep, yep. Um, I like those. Yeah, they're really cool, and they're, um, uh, like their special abilities, depending on who you take as your commander, um, lets you do lets you get different changes to uh, what you are bringing onto the table. Um, and I don't know them exactly what they all are because uh, uh, we just had somebody start playing spires, um, so it's it I, I only have so much experience with them. Um, but okay, so yeah, so um, like one of them, uh, one of them depend. If you pick one of the types of commanders, uh, it gives all of, all of your uh, uh, basic regiments regeneration four, which means that you can heal four wounds when they activate. That seems strong. Uh, That's because they're all clones, right? That's like yes. The, mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it's all it's all your all your basic fud fuds all get that regeneration four. Um, there's there's another one called Superior Creations, where um, for for your warlord, all of their their warband, there's four units that they can take that belong to them. Uh, you pay five points more, um, and if you pay that, everybody in that unit gets plus one to hit. Um, and then they can also get, um, or they also get, uh, evasion one, which is basically your 40 K terms, your invulnerable save. All right. That's neat. Um, so you, you pay a little bit extra per stand and they're like a little bit stronger and a little bit tankier. Yep. Um, and then like the third one, um, is there stuff like where they can make their units into bombs too? Like they can like make, make stands explode and do damage i yes think, uh, uh, yeah. that's an that's an ability called burnout and that's actually the last one that i was going to say okay <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so uh every so when when the uh, uh your biomancy biomancer or high clone executor when they're your warlord every unit in your army every regiment gets the ability called um burnout and basically what that does is it gives you plus three to your movement and plus one to your ability to hit. Um, and it's a draw event, so you can decide if you're going to do it or not. 
But one of the things that this game also does really well is that for every for for almost every benefit, there's a negative. So, yeah, now you're going, you know, further on your move so you can charge further and you're you're hitting more accurately. But at the end of that unit's activation, they have um, then what is called decay. And mm-hmm. it, it, depending on what the number is, right? So usually for burnout, it's decay three. Um, so for each stand that suffer that that went for burnout, you roll um, you roll three dice. Every five or six is a wound on your guys. Okay. So so you 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 have to strategically use it, right? Because it's like, do I want this to happen now, or do I do I uh, want to save my wounds? Yeah, because you need to make sure you get enough wounds on your opponents to make worth losing your guys to decay. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, you know, it's random too, right? Like since it's a dice roll, you, you might come out only taking one or two wounds and then, yeah, it's absolutely worth it. But if, you're, if your regiment's already wounded and it could conceivably and you roll poorly enough, you could wipe yourself out. Yeah, imagine, um, imagine a unit with that, uh, that, uh, that ability where it's just riling itself up under three stacks of conquests chance from what you're in it it hurts um yeah i i've i've as far as that spinning up with the army rules i've yeah i've done some very interesting things um but let's i want to get back to the the army wide rules real quick the the the, also the humans a hundred kingdoms um, basically they have, they have uh, kind of like spires where depending on what you bring, um, well, so they you get, know, you get, they get changes. Two, yeah. They get two traits that the army can take. They can either take, uh, veterans or they can take relentless drills. Um, veterans basically double the points cost of the officers that you take. And then your officer, uh, then the, uh, the leader and the standard bearer get plus one to their clash or their volley, uh, their range attack up to a maximum of four. And any amount of units in the army can be dedic- designated as a veteran unit. Um, and then the other one is Relentless Drill, which they gets, every unit gets, every infantry stand gains uh, support to special rule, which allows them to get more dice for back ranks and side ranks that aren't in combat. Um, and if a stand already has the, special, the support special rule, they get an additional plus one. But then they also can do dynastic dynastic alliances which allows them essentially take a second warlord and there has to be a different kind of warlord from what you've chosen as your initial warlord um and then that warlord gets to count as a warlord for the purposes of scoring objectives and things like that so and and follow and, and just one step further from from all of that faction identity um you know, I've I've been doing this hobby, and and all three of us have been doing this hobby long enough to see to have watched um, you know Games Workshop take their factions in in 40k and and I mean fantasy's gone, but you know all of those 40k factions that were very unique, right? There there used to be very strong faction identity, and over time, it's, it's become a, a lot of samesies. You know, it's it's yeah, exactly. It's like oh. Um, you know, Space Marines have a land speeder. Well, now Tau have a Piranha. Oh, they have drop pods. Well, now Tyranids have a drop pod equivalent. So it, it's all becoming like the same. There's some type of uh, equivalent, right? Like Necrons yeah. have bikes. Whereas in this game, 
they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. That's really right? cool because so, that gives every army its very like yes. its own flavor. Like like the Wadroon, they're the monster army, right? And our monsters just happen to be giant fucking dinosaurs. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Like city yeah. city states are the only faction that have chariots. Or right. and, and chariot or chariot like units. Um and and they've and they've been very clear on the fact that the human army, the Hundred Kingdoms, will never have a monster. Sure, because they're humans. Yep, yep. So they will never have it, and you know that that keeps that identity. It it just it's just more layers of making everything stand out and and be unique. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's really cool, though. I really like that. Yeah, I I mean it's 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 a huge selling point. Uh, of the game for me and one of the things that you know as as i started you know looking at it more and more seriously um you know re- I, I it really resonated with me because you know and i've i talked about this when we first started talking about conquest but i absolutely loved playing warhammer fantasy and it was for a lot of that same reason is that you know there was that faction identity and and you know i i played dark elves and there was another high elf player and just like in the game world we became like arch enemies in a friendly way but you know like if we ended up playing with each other it was all in fuck you you stupid high elves and you really it it just really put you in the shoes of a commander of that army when 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 i started playing dark elves i kept losing all the time and one of my friends was like you're a dark elf player you got to think like a dark elf. You don't care about your fud fud. Kill them and make your other guys more excited to witness death and blood. And they're going to get, you know, they're going to do what you need them to do that way. Hell yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, like, not every game does that, right? Like, it's hard to find a game that does that and does it well. Um, and, and, and maybe and maybe it's because of of scale, right? Like maybe it's harder to see that in in a skirmish game. Um, but conquest conquest does it. You know, you 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 really have to think of what your army strengths are and how to how to u- utilize them. It's the just the tactical decision making is just light years above. It really is. So yeah. cool. And one you of the- me, you got me a little excited. I, I don't know that I can get into another like full army game right now i mean I'm barely doing anything as is but man it sounds so rad yeah i mean so i want to go back to the question of like what keeps bringing me back and, I, and and through this conversation i've i've, I've thought about something as we've been talking and one of the cool things um that we experienced when paul and i first started playing was we didn't have a lot of uh things to represent zones and things like that for the missions um because of the reserve system uh, even though we were playing the same exact mission and over and over again, because we really only had these twelve inch records that Paul kept bringing, so we played we my, my records and CDs, right? Yeah, records, <laughs> the records and CDs. So, so, like, this was the only like there was one mission that really felt you know filled those those uh, those needs with those objects that he was bringing. So we kept playing it over and over again, but because of the reserve system of the game. Every time we played, even if we played the exact same list, 
in the exact same mission. The game felt different every single time because of the reserve system. Because there were mo there were times where my dice would just hit and everything in my army just boom, it's on the table. And then there was a game like we played last week where I didn't get like half my army on the table until almost till turn four. Which as a slow army, I'm playing on my heels the rest of the game against a super fast army. I could play. Hey Chris, what what it, what what is the reserve system? So the reserve system is, uh, and I think we talked about it when we went when I did our deep dive system. But for someone that's listening new, uh, the the reserve system is essentially uh, there are specific type of units that can come out on specific turns, and you have to roll for them. So on turn one is lights only. Uh, essentially, this is uh, Parabellum's way of saying you can't capture objectives turn one because light units can't capture objectives. They can only, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, interfere Test. with. Yeah. So, um, so on it, you can, you can bring in, you can say I'm bringing in one unit for free and then you have to roll in the rest of the lights for turn one. So if you have like three lights, one can come in automatically and then you have to roll for the other ones. And on turn one, I think it's uh, three or two or less, three or less, four, four, four or less, four. right? Yeah. Cause it's turn one. So four or less, those units are coming on turn two. You can now roll for your lights and your, your mediums. So again, same thing. You can automatically say, Hey, one of these are coming in and that's what's coming in. Then the mediums you need a three or less, and the lights you need two. or sorry two or less, and then it's uh, four or less on the lights again for turn two. Then again turn three, heavies can start coming in, and again you're getting your automatic one, and you're rolling for the rest to come in. So well, and, and at that point all lights come on. Yes, all lights automatically come in. Turn uh, turn four, all mediums automatically come in. Turn five, all heavies automatically come in. Um, and then usually a typical round size is 10. So you usually go 10 rounds in conquest. So it can be a long game, uh, especially if you don't have, uh, there are certain missions where they go, you just acclimate points and whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the winner. Um, so, so at the end of round 10. So again, if you wipe your opponent off the board or they concede, you know, you'll end early. Uh, but to a traditional game size is 10 rounds because of this reserve system. So and and the other thing too is that yeah 10, 10 rounds sounds like a lot but when your turns but, are going like 1 second because you have no lights right and and I, that also I I just want to point out too that when you start the game uh there's nothing on the table yeah there's no deployment so, there's no deployment zones there's none of that you just come off the table edge and you're it, you come off the table edge your movement so you at the edge is where you start your movement and you measure from there. So if your unit moves five inches, you better you better have five inches worth of move to get your whole stand on it. If you're only wanting to do one move, or you're gonna have to make a second move to get the rest of the unit on. So like units that are units that have two stands deep, you know, they're gonna need to move twice. All right. I'll yeah, like so it. so like yeah, and like Chris said, I mean, turn one goes real quick. It's not it like the battle it and it's great because it's it's like that p pace of battle increasing as as more stuff arise. I always I always think of it like Gettysburg. Right. Um you know like the cavalry showed up first and kind of helped establish battle lines and then you know as as the days went on 
you know, there was heavier and heavier fighting. And that's exactly how this game ends up playing. Yeah, I, I look sure. at it as like it's the vanguard showing up first and the rest of the army coming in after. That's the way I like to look at it, especially since there are rules in the game called vanguard, which allow you you to get units that get to, they get three moves on the turn they come in from the table edge because, you know, they're the vanguard coming up and fighting. Um, which city states has a way to make their whole army uh, do that, get that, with the exception of anything that has the phalanx special rule. So that is now an auto include in my army because <laughs> we're slow and I need that movement. Well, rad. Um, so one thing I don't know that we've talked about, and it's like a thing that I don't know we talked we, we we talked too much about it in uh, in the deep dive either, and that's list building. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think we did. You're right. Yeah. And so one of the things that sort of always kept me away from this game, like I get excited, I start reading rules, I'm like, oh, this seems really good. And then I get into list building and I nope right on out. Um, I'm curious why. I think I just bounce off it. I think what happens is I look at all of the points. I'm not clear on force organization or what I'm required to take or not required to take. And it's unclear to me, like, what costs what. And, and that could be as a consequence of the last time I looked at it was, like, at 1.4 or 1.5. And we're, like, mm-hmm. way past that now, right? So, yeah. Um, but I just was hoping that one of you could, or both, right, could talk about list building in a way that makes it a little bit more easy to understand. Or just, like, how, like, what the concept behind list building is, how it works, and like what some of the finer points of it are. So uh, even even before we get into any finer points or anything like that, I'm going to tell you right now, the free app makes it so much easier. Yes. Mm, mm. So yeah, because it, yeah, it, it's it's nice because it it it, get, it it not only allows you list build, but it also checks your list building as well too. So if you do something wrong that's against the rules, it will tell you. Uh, so it, it, it fact checks your list for you, which is great. Okay. So, so it, and and he, here's the thing. Here's the basics of, of list building for you, Kev. Um, so uh, your, your overall, you have the overall commander, your warlord, right? And then, um, so he's like your main big character. You can have multiple characters. They can't all be a warlord. You can have two if you're, if you're 100 kingdoms. But... Kind of like um, the best way to think about it, if you need a, a from a, for a, a comparison from a different game, is it's somewhat like Wild West Exodus, where every character has four slots that you can fill. Mm. Right. So so each each character can bring up to four regiments um, and there's certain ones that they can take. Right. Mm-hmm. So so you might have a guy who is, um, you know, he's meant to be speedy. So all of his units are more on the speedy side of things. So it kind of becomes thematic. Um, and even within that, it, it breaks down just a little bit more because there are two types of units. There's what they call mainstay and there's what they call um, restricted. Right. So your mainstays. Um, you can you can take four mainstay units or regiments in in the warband, right? Um, which is what their what their group is, right? It's it's a warband. Yeah. Um, but the restricted ones, even just from their name, they're restricted. So you can only have 
um, if you it, you have to have a mainstay unit for your restricted, right? So yeah, they got to be a one have, to one ratio. Yes, so you can have so so essentially the most restricted units you can have is two. Got it. Right. So so that allows you to say, oh, this unit would be really strong with this commander. So for them, it's going to be a restricted unit. OK. Right. Because if 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 they had four of them, it would just be devastating. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, um, you can even just say, all right, well, this one isn't going to be devastating and broken with this uh, commander. So you know what? That's going to be mainstay, and they can they also you know can also be be thematic. The other really cool thing that it does, um, and this is very apparent in in the Wadroon, is that um, you can take a seriously strong unit and make them really hard to fit on the table. Um, for example, I have this ranged unit. They're called Slingers. Um, they have an 18 inch range, which is one of the longest ones in, in the game, but some of their special rules, uh, they have an ability called torrential fire, right? Uh, If you get into half range for every two hits you do, you do a third hit. Neat. Um, and generally in the game, uh, range attacks don't cause morale, but when you have big giant orcs lobbing stones at you. That's scary. So again, for every two hits or two wounds, they're doing a morale check. So these guys are absolutely devastating. Like the first game, the first game that Chris and I played, he he ran his heavy cavalry. And granted, we didn't realize that this game was as bloody as it is because stuff just goes away. And he ran his his heavy cavalry up and he's like, well, I can't make the charge. I'm going to stop the inch away from you. What's the most you can do? Um, I'll charge you next turn. And my guys unleashed and his unit just melted away. It went oh, by there by. was no next turn. There was yeah. there was yeah, not. There, yeah. So so this unit is really strong. But again, they have like a defense of one, um, which everything's reversed. So in, in other games it would be a six. So like you get to them, they're done. Right? They're just done. Now But they are so strong, they are so strong that they are only available with one character, and they are restricted. Ah, so and and that's actually thematically, it's like that character, this is like their retinue, right? It's like their their honor guard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, essentially, it's, you know, it's a, like the character that they can go with is a character that, um also uses ranged attacks um you know he, he can stand on his own if he needed to partake of a, a being a melee unit but he's he has very good ranged attacks and sticking him in that unit um it, it makes them really good so yeah so and so you can have units that are like holy crap they're ridiculous look how good they are but it gives you a way to uh, make it less impactful because to be perfectly honest with you, the character that you can you that you have to bring to get the slingers on the table is not one of the Wadroon's strongest characters. Mm. 
Like to me, the way I play, like his his main reason for being on the table is to bring slingers. <laughs> sure. Like th- th- to me, that's that's his special rule is, oh, I can get slingers on the table. Staple slingers to cards. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's- but again, they're restricted. So I still have to figure out how I'm getting a mainstay unit in there to allow me to take the slingers. Yep. Look, that's that, cool, though. That is what he does to me all the time. Now, luckily... These fuckers have been nerfed. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Well, well, but yes, but I gave the example of the nerfed version. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so it's a very interesting lever, lever to pull. So, um, and the best thing about the app is that you know, again, you're not flipping through a rule book, right? You're not you're not doing that old Warhammer fantasy of you know writing it down and checking your math and flipping back to you know, from the unit to special, you know, items to take and, and all of that stuff with the app, it's just so much easier to look at, right? Yeah. Because you say, oh, I want this character, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start with this character. I'm going to start with my with my chieftain. So you add your chieftain and then it's like, all right, well, now you need a warband. So you can then go, all right, uh, when I press the button that I'm going to add somebody to the warband, it only shows you the units that can go with that character. And then if you need to pick items for that character, you can you can just go through and they're all right there. And all you like every everything has a little like eye icon next to it and you don't know what your gla- glaze of Iscariot does, you press on that eye and it tells you exactly what it does. Cool. Cool. All right. So the app helps a lot. And the, uh, the yeah. And it the does. nice thing with the app too is when when you when you add like an officer or a piece of war gear or something that enhances your stats or gives you new abilities, the app will automatically add it to your stat lines, your your war the those special rules. So like I've got a helmet that gives me um, allows me to ignore uh, inspire. So like that would that special rule would be in now in my listing if I take that in the in the app. So when you print these out as well too, it's all there for you, so you don't have to refer back to it if you need to. It's all on your line. All right. Yep. All right. And so I I, I feeling a lot better. And I I have also had another question at the back of my mind, and it's I think it'll probably be the last question I ask because this this will maybe take a while to answer, but and I I hope you do like this question. So. <laughs> You've been playing the game for a while now. Chris, you've dropped and restarted an army. So you are talking to a person that is interested in buying into Conquest. What are one to three things that you wish you could tell yourself six to seven months ago before you started getting in about the game, right? So about buying into it, like how to get in, what to do, what steps to take. Um, I would definitely look over the, the army special rules. Um, the rule of cool may not apply to this game as much as it does to others. Cause normally I tell people like what faction looks cool to you, take that and play it because you're most likely to stick with it. As much as I loved undead Romans, um, didn't fit my play style. So I would definitely make sure you're looking over the army rules to make sure you're, you're picking something that's going to go well with how you like to play. Um, that's going to be my first piece of advice. 
Uh, second piece of advice is um, take advantage of the army boxes that they have. Uh, they're really good deals. Uh, they can get you a, a good starting point to play the game. Uh, are they functional? They are functional yes, lists. They 100%. are 100%. They are 100% functional lists. They give you a commander, and they give you uh, some uh, Some of them are up to four units. Some of them are up to three. just depends on what you get. Um, but they are very much 100% functional uh, armies to play at like a six or 700 point cost uh, list. And then point two is stay there for a while. Stay there, learn the core rules, learn the functionality, don't uh, branch out like too fast. Stay stay at like six to seven hundred points. We really so even though I was in a manic phase of buying when we first started and I was buying everything, um it, it, I we still played small and I think it's really helped me learn learn the game the, as I've gone. Fundamentals. Yeah. All right. Paul, how about you? Uh, you know, as as Chris was talking, I I had the revelation, and I don't know that I would have thought about it, but he's right about the army special rules, right? Because so many times, one of the reasons why you're told, "Oh, go with the rule of cool," is because just from from paper, if you're new to a game, you it's hard to tell um, how an army what they're you know proposed design you know Mm -hmm. space is yeah whereas like being able to look at the army rules it's a pretty big tell as to what your faction is going to do all right um so i think i I think that actually gives you a place where you can start uh, a little more knowledgeable without having to get into the nitty-gritty right so, um, so rather of individual than the, stats but the, it, you know the funny thing is we're still talking about rule of cool we're just instead of applying it to visuals applying mm-hmm. it to the concept of the army rule right yeah, so absolutely when you, when you look at the when you look at the army special rules here whatever applies to you as the coolest set of special rules is probably the right army to choose yeah, yeah. and, rather and than it gives, aesthetically. It, and you're and you're going to be a whole lot closer to saying, "Ooh, yeah, this is the right army for me." Mm. Um, so I think I think that is a brilliant, brilliant way to start. Okay. Um, I think. Gosh, I mean, I'm, I'm seconding everything Chris said, right? Like, um, you know, take that take that time to go slow, right? There, yep, start small. There, it is now now. There are a lot of rules, right? Like there is a lot of stuff to learn and it is rank and flank. So sometimes some things can get fiddly, right? Um, you know, as far as charging into a flank or, or you know, that type of stuff. And and I don't know, no rank and flank game is ever going to truly like solve that. But as you as you play, it gives you that ability to to learn that without having as much of a cluttered table. So. I found that it really gave us the opportunity to say, all right, well, we have this space. How do we use it? Right. And then slowly but surely we started filling up more of that space. So now it also becomes, all right, well, I kind of figured out how to do this, but now I have to do it. And am I going to block myself in? How do I do it? How do I make all of my stuff, um, you know, like, is this going to be my anvil? And if I have my anvil, how am I going to get my hammer there? So it, it builds it up for that. And and again, in that light, and this is this has worked very well for me. I 
I am essentially still playing the same list from my first game. Yeah, you just All bolted right. on new things to it. I've just been, as I've gotten new units ready for the table, I've added them to it. So each time, each time we've gone up, you know, 100 or 250 points, I already know fairly well, you know, not perfectly, but I, I know what those other units that I've already been bringing, I have an idea of what they do. I, I know how they work. So then that gives me that opportunity to focus on the newer units that I'm bringing, the newer regiments, and figure out what they're bringing to this list that I already have. And I've done that basically from a thousand points to we just played our first two thousand point game. Yeah, I was going to say that it was like so. You know, you mentioned we've been doing this six months. You know, that's that's the number we picked. Yeah, uh, last week was our first two thousand point game, our first full size game in six months. Yeah, and um, I mean, and I think it went so much smoother because we took that time when when we were games. having to look at the rule book. And then we weren't trying to move, you know, 10, 12 activations, you know, around that. It, it gave you that time to focus and to to learn all of that. And that's I mean, that's one of my big um, I think that was very important. And we kind of like the it's just granted it's a small community, but we kind of forced that uh, not intentionally upon others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was it, like, oh, we're going to play tonight. I only have 15 points ready to go or 1500 points. So then you play 1500 points. And I think I, I really do believe it's it's worked out to benefit everybody that way. And the, and the nice um, thing, too, for me is, is, and I think is a real world example to provide to people as to why I say do the small games. So I bought in a faction. I have sold a faction. I have now bought into another faction that fits me better. Because we played small, I was able to kick core rules down, core tactics down, get the game under my belt in a way that I understood it better. So when I transition to this new, this new army, I'm not also dealing with trying to learn rules and trying to learn my faction at the same time. I can now focus on this new faction because I played small. I took that time to learn and, and I was able to pivot much a lot quicker into a new faction playing, and now I'm having a lot more fun. I, I would say the last two to three games I think Paul and I have played, because uh, unfortunately I've not had a chance to play other people just yet since getting City States, but have been a lot more enjoyable games for me because I've got a, I've got a faction that's clicking with me, and I know the rules at the same time. So now that I'm not, my ADHD brain is not split into two different places fighting with each other. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's a, a real world example to to bring that point home. And and to to also add another real world example for that, like the Wadroon, there's a lot of moving parts, right? As far as getting that chant right and and getting your stack built, starting that off at a lower points level too gave me that ability to start thinking about it in smaller chunks. So now that we are up to two thousand points, I have a better idea of how that works instead of. Looking at, you know, 10 cards that I need to figure out uh, what the best order for them is and how they're going to work with with the with the chance. Oh, my gosh, this is just too much. It let me it let me ease into it. And to be perfectly honest with you, when uh, I with the Wadroon, I went full on uh, 
rule of cool because orcs riding dinosaurs, like, how is that not cool? And then I kind of really started learning more about them. I was like, ooh, I don't know that I'm going to like this. Like, I don't know that I want that many moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. Like, like maybe, maybe that's a lot more for like a first faction, but being able to do that slower and, and learn it in chunks really helped me grasp the mechanics of it. And I feel like I'm not at, I, I feel like I never got to a point where I got frustrated with it because it was manageable. Cool. Well, I mean, that's really, I mean, that, so I'm mean, just, you know, just to, to step back, really what it is, is it's start small and ha- like do a little bit of research before you just dive into whatever the mm-hmm. coolest looking faction is. Right. So mm-hmm. bo- get an army box after you've read the, the, the unit special or the army special rules to get an idea of what you might like. Like for me, my, like I look at the models and I'm like, Nords, 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 Mm -hmm. but that might not be what I want to play just because like, you know, I like them aesthetically. They might not be the best for me mechanically. Right. And the, the other, I got, I got one other, one other thing that, um, um, new players need to know. Yeah, you're good. It's you, that, you've only done two, so you're, you're up yeah, to my, my last, My last one, my third one, um, is that the game looks absolutely amazing. Amazing on the table. Absolutely. Mm. Like, I can't stress that enough. There has not been a time where we've been playing where we haven't had three, four, five people come over and be like, what are you playing? That dinosaur is amazing. Look at that giant. Holy cow. This looks great. What is it? So you're going to have people approach you and be curious about the game. I think part of that's also that there hasn't been a major rank and flank player in a decade. So it it stands out. The models are big. They're fun to paint. They're just, they just, I don't want to, I don't want to slight Kings of War. That's sure. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's going to it's going to bring people's attention. So uh, I guess I guess this is kind of a, a warning that people are going to want to come and talk to you and ask you about the game. Um, so just be ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, be, yes. I, Paul, Paul, and I have uh, been purposely building lists in certain ways where we are bringing those centerpiece models. Like I don't think I played city states without my uh, Hephaestion, which is basically the embodiment of the god Hephaestus on the tabletop. Uh, Yet, uh, just because I know it's going to attract people to the table, to bring people over, to ask about the game. Uh, I mean, we've gotten enough interest now at the store and built up a small enough community that the store owner is now looking at uh, ordering stock for the game when it starts coming back into uh, stock with his distributors. So, you, you know, we, we've been doing that on purpose because we knew it would generate discussion. So uh, you want to build a community, put those centerpieces on your table. It'll yeah. work. Yeah. Yep. And because they're and every 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 army has their wonderful, beautiful centerpieces. Oh, and the other thing I just wanted to go back to one of the things that Chris said about the starter boxes. Um, I think I think you might have undersold them a little bit I may because have. A the the price on them is is really good. Um, uh, MSRP I think they're about one hundred fifty bucks, but 
you're getting generally uh, four four units plus a plus a character. You're getting and, about like a ha- like a seven hundred like I said a seven hundred point yeah. army. Yeah. But but the and the other thing too is everything that comes like you're essentially getting a full warband for that character. Correct. Right. You're getting four regiments that that character can take, whether they're main uh, mainstay or uh, restricted. Right. So you do have a perfectly functional army that you can build and put on the table. So it's like have to- they're actually thought thoughtful. The boxes. They are 100%. So, so to give you an idea of how thoughtful their boxes are, if if you buy a single player starter, you get a rule book for the rank and flank version of the game and the skirmish version of the game. Hmm. If you buy a two player starter for the rank and flank version, you get two rule books. So your buddy <laughs> can have one too. It's actually a two player starter. Like they yes. actually have done what every other company needs to do with their two player starters. Like every That's other company, fun. please pay attention to these people. <laughs> you can literally split the box. Yes. Yep. It like, it's, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like, Oh, now you have half of affection because somebody else needs the rule book now. No, you just split it. Yeah. So they, really they're, cool. They're 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 like the <laughs> hate to say it this way, but they're kind of like the anti GW, right? They're giving players what they need to have a good time with the game. And good. again, all good. their resources are free online as well too. If you don't want those rule books, the the rule book is one hundred percent downloadable for free online. The, all the well, armies special I mean, the rules, rules are free. change a lot too, right? So like they they're they're pretty free. Like as near mm-hmm. as I can tell, they have pretty frequent updates, so it's good to keep up digitally anyway. Yeah. yeah, like, and, and I mean, uh, going along that, Kevin, is that like, uh, I think it was the end of February, maybe first week of March that they officially went into version 2.0 yep. and stuff like the Slingers came out too strong. And it was, I think, end of May, mid-June, maybe, where we got an update that needed to, to happen and, and bring some of those overly strong units in line. Nice. It's good. So it's not, it's not as if they need jerk either, right? They, they actually take the time to do a little bit of data collection to make sure that the models are overtuned. Yes. Yes. But I mean, and I mean like that, that batch were, were egregious, right? Like it was the type of stuff that anybody who's playing would be like, yeah, that needs an adjustment. Sure. You know, and and that's what they took care of. And there's like still there's definitely some things that they're probably looking at that might need tweaks. Um, but they didn't just jump on it because people were bitching. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I mean, the, the game's great. It's that's that that's what this whole conversation ends up with, is that this game is is fantastic. Really Play good. The game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, uh, I think that's as good. This, is a, a, this game's great. Is a good place to <laughs> get final thoughts. If that's not your final thought, um, to to wrap up this uh, commute length podcast. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, for me, my 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 final thought is that uh, you know, I I always felt. I was always sad that fantasy went away because I, I, some of my favorite memories of playing games were, were with fantasy 
And I feel like this has brought that back into my life. And I think that's one of the reasons why I am so excited about it. Awesome. Potter? Um, yeah, I was trying to think of my Final Fantasy. I don't want to be as basic uh, as the game's great play. Um, I mean, that's a good final thought, though. I mean, it's... I'll leave you with this. As, as we know, Potter no likey uh, learning rules on his own. Potter no likey rank and flank. Potter's obsessed with this game. To where the point is he's at work in his free time building lists. Yeah. That should speak volumes for the game. (laughs) That That, says a a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Considering, considering like, you know, two months ago, you were like, ah, I don't think about games off the table. Yep. I was just, that was just running through my head. He said Mm -hmm. that many times. And I normally don't. I really don't. And. Like, literally, I was at work yesterday. I texted Paul, and I was like, in my free time, all I have done is build list for two, 2K because I'm, I'm thinking I'm understanding that the way I was playing City States was, was not right because it, it needs more smaller, big units on the board. And so I've been trying to do that. Hell yeah. Yep. All yep. right. Well, sweet. Um, as always, listeners, if you're not on the Discord, uh, please join. doesn't matter where you're from. We do have a, a bit of a split hyper-local uh, thing going on in the, in the Discord. We have a lot of people from your neck of the woods, a lot of people from my neck of the woods. But, boy, it would be awesome to get a lot more just average listeners in. So if you're not in the Discord, please check the link in the description to this podcast. Uh, as always, thank you to Static as a City for the intro and outro, and a huge, gigantic thank you to our patrons for your patience. It is infinite, and we are thankful, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do something cool um, for all of you guys coming up soon. Um, I think that's it, so bye!